When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? Well, I am well, I think. I hope you are okay too. Now, I have had several requests for an update on the Sofa Saga. Um, for those of you that don't know, I'll try and summarise the situation briefly. Uh, the family and I ordered some new sofas 12 months ago. They arrived. I hated them. Um, the family informed me that there's no way I'd be able to sell them. I sold them the same day. We ended up with nothing to sit on. Um, I found some new sofas that were available the next day. I had them, to deli- I had them delivered and, uh, well, I'm sorry for too much information, but frankly, they were the colour of diarrhoea. They went back. We ended up with nothing to sit on. And uh, yes, here we are still waiting. I did order a new set of sofas a few months ago now. Memory is a distant one because it is that long ago and we still have a month to go until the new ones are delivered. So that's very nice. Uh, And almost every day the rest of the family sit on the chairs that I have provided uh, in the lounge and moan about how painful they are, how uncomfortable they are, how much longer do they have to go. So I decided that I would take their minds off it by purchasing what are commonly known as throws and cushions. Um, I admit I didn't go for the more expensive ones because I thought we've only got weeks left. We just need to cover up what we've got. It doesn't have to be, you know, an incredible uh, thing. It just needs to look better than it did with just the chairs. The trouble is, throws, that's the wrong name because you can't just throw a throw on a sofa or a chair and expect it to look wonderful. These throws have to be arranged and it takes a long time. The minute somebody sits on them, the throw then moves and it's half on or half off or somebody gets up and then either it falls to the floor or it's just moved. I'm spending all my time that is in the lounge, which okay isn't that much at the moment, but the time that I have in the lounge, I am spent getting up and rearranging these throws and putting them back on. You can't just... You can't just throw them on and hope that they look all right. Certainly these ones. Why are they called throws? They are not. Throw and make the place look even worse than they did before you had the throw on there. Yes, but I just don't understand. Anyway, so there is the update. We have we have uh, about a month to go until the new sofas arrive. And I just hope 
that they look nice, feel nice when you sit on them and everything's fine because I, I can't deal with this anymore. The sofa saga. I have actually, I did get them to send through a bit of the, the leather so I could hold it up and make sure it wasn't the colour of diarrhoea, I'm afraid. So I'd gone about that again. Uh, and it, it, we look, it looks good. It looks fine. Um, but who knows? Who knows at this point what will occur? Uh, will we all still be alive by the time these sofas are delivered? Let's only hope so. But forget all of that. Forget throws, forget sofas. I've got some brilliant things to talk to you about today. We have got six books, six books that are out either coming out this week or have been very recently published this year. We've got an incredible author interview about a book I'm very passionate about. And for those of you who have requested it again, another unboxing of a book subscription box. For those of you who can't bear it, my apologies. It'll be at the end, so you just don't even need to listen. You don't need to be troubled with it if you if you don't. But yes, there's there's some lovely items. I was very pleased with, with that book box. So we've got a lot to get through. Let me tell you the names of the books that I'm going to be talking to you about so you can buckle in and you know where we're heading. So the first book is called Space Hopper by Helen Fisher. And it's actually Helen that we're going to be talking to in a bit, which is great. The next book is called The Wife Who Knew Too Much by Michelle Campbell. Just moving the books around so I can see them all there. Sorry for the noise. Uh, the next book is Without a Trace by Mary Hanna. Uh, then we've got a book called Over Her Dead Body by A.B. Morgan. Uh, then The Last One at the Party or no, there's no the last one at the party it should be more assertive last one at the party by bethany clift and the final book is called the appeal by janice hallett um i enjoyed them all some more than others but they're all good great books so you won't go wrong with any of those but quite a selection so i think we need to just get started with space hopper and um and take it from there so the blurb on the copy I've got, admittedly it's a proof, so there'll probably be a bit more blurb, um, is this. Think of the person you love the most in the world. You haven't seen them in 30 years. You have one last chance now. Do you take a leap of faith? Um, the cover of this is very memorable. Uh, you may have seen it, it's certainly been in bookseller a lot in the build up to this launch. It's sort of an orange book and it's got these roller skates, these sort of 80s, 70s, 80s roller skates just dangling on the front. And of course, the name Space Hopper is very memorable as well. Um, now, I went into this with the wrong expectations. So I went into this thinking... It is really about time travel, which it is, but to the point that it is traveling through space. I thought that there was a link up to the name Space Hopper. So I was expecting it to be full on time travel. We're whizzing past planets. There's a rocket going by. There's none of that. If anything, for me, it's it's a book about love and your significance in life it's it's a very special book and i don't mean that as in a patronizing way it's a very special book i mean it's a really special book it's one that i would certainly encourage a lot of people to read i'll probably be buying it as presents for people because it's a good book i'm i don't want to give anything away but i do want to say um if if you're unsure at times what this book is and where it's going 
read it and finish it because it's worth it. It just really is worth it. It's um, it's an extraordinary book. And I think it's very hard to give a blurb that accurately summarises it. Um, so I think just, uh, you know, unless you're into um, real horror or you only are interested in reading historical books based, you know, centuries ago, um, then I think you would enjoy this book. It's a book for a lot of people, uh, but you need to be patient with it. In some ways, it's a bit like where the crawdads sing. I don't mean in any way it is a replica of that story. But for me, where the crawdads sing, I felt I was rewarded for reading and completing the book. And it really changed me. And it's a book I will always remember. And I, th- I think the same could be said of Space Hopper. So have a read, get it, have a read. It's coming out this week, uh, this Thursday. Um, and see what you think. It's a book I think book clubs will really enjoy because there's lots of different elements you could bring to the discussion. Um, and it's one that fans of different genres will enjoy. And just read it. Don't don't research it too much. Don't let any of the, the gems be given away. Just, just get it and read it, I would say. Um, I haven't heard the narration, so I don't know what that's like. But yeah, it, it's a really good uh, book for me. Um, 10 out of 10. Excellent. But enough of me waffling on as I do. Let's talk to Helen. So, Helen, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. I'm very happy to be here. Well, I I had to talk to you about this book, Space Hopper. I really did. It, it, extraordinary. I mean, such an individual book. I, I've not I've not read anything like it. Where did you get the Thank idea, you. the concept for this? Well, um, I had a couple of friends who had lost their mums when they were young, mm. and um, that's where the sort of the initial spark of the idea came from. Because I thought it would be lovely, wouldn't it be lovely if you could go back in time and mm. uh, uh, talk to you know somebody you'd lost when you were younger but more importantly than that really it was about the idea of um, these friends were getting to the age that their mums had been when they died so they were now older than their mums had ever got to and I think that even if you don't lose your parents when you're very young mm. it's always poignant if you've lost your parents no matter what age you are to go past that age and I thought to meet your parents as an adult would be an interesting idea. Oh yes, it's so thought provoking, and and anybody that reads it needs needs to complete it. That's all I'm saying. They need. Yes, they need, I hope they, they get to, to finish the end, it. Yeah. Thank um, <laughs> did you did you know when you had those initial thoughts, the whole story? Did it set itself out in front of you, or did you have to work your way through it? As I well? had to work my way through it. In fact, it, it's really interesting you say that because when I um, think now about um, how the story uh, progressed in the second half. I didn't know about that until um, until later in the book. Whereas anything I've written since then, um, I have planned a little bit more because it's a little bit easier if you've got a destination in mind. Mm. Um, but no, I was about halfway through when I realised where it was going to end. And then I, I couldn't stop writing. I wrote like the clappers then. And I couldn't stop reading as well. I mean, I think it's hard to put it in a genre. For oh. me... It's essence. It's a love story. Yeah. It's it's about love anyway. Yeah. Um, and there were these key themes about your story. Wh- where do you belong and spirituality? Are those big themes for you? 
Um, I think they are belonging and um, and I don't know so much about spirituality. I think it it has played a part in my life, but but in fact, the, the character of Eddie who goes into the clergy. Um, I spoke to a friend of mine who had gone, a woman who'd gone from finance into the clergy, because that was the one bit that I really couldn't get my head around. So, um, no, but you're, you're right about it not sort of fitting into a, a proper genre. And I did have an issue with that when I was trying to submit to agents because, um, because of the time travel element, it's very easy to assume that it's a sci-fi or a fantasy book whereas in fact I, um, thank you very much because I agree with you that it's about love and loss and um, but hopefully quite uplifting at the same time but uh, if I was sending to an agent who was who liked fantasy and sci-fi stuff mm. they were going to read a little bit and go no this isn't for me but if I sent it to an agent who wasn't interested in sci-fi and fantasy as soon as they saw the words time travel which I have to include um they were like no this is this isn't this isn't the right place for me either so it was yes difficult. it's a difficult one and, and the name space like hopper. <laughs> well it's not the space hopper for me is not it's not hopping through space it no. is literally the the toy that I remember playing with as a child yeah. um, and the two are quite separate so it doesn't reflect the time travel no aspect. it doesn't no and it, it I mean if I'd given it any thought when I was at the title any real thought when I was writing it I'd have probably called it the time hopper but uh, but space hopper was really just something I've plucked out of the air I think often when you're writing you sort of write it and then you kind of justify it later and you're like oh that makes sense but I don't think you realise quite how much sense it's making at the time. So Space Hopper was, um, and I'm not sure even now it really fits, except that there is that 70s vibe and it mm. is iconic, the Space Hopper. And of course there is Box. But it, I appreciate that yeah. in a funny sort of way it doesn't quite work. And yet um, it does stick. It does seem to be quite memorable. The title went round in circles. I called it Space Hopper long before I had an agent or a publishing deal or anything. And um, it, they were going to change the title. And in America, it's called something else. It's called Fay Far Away because the Americans don't have space hoppers. And so there's none of that um, connection when they see the title. Yes. But they have put a space hopper on the cover of their book as a kind of nod. Oh, you know. because there isn't one on the UK cover which again I found quite confusing I didn't know if yeah. it was a copyright thing well no I don't think it is well it can't be I suppose because the Americans have got yeah. um, uh, a, a little girl on the space hop kind of slightly blurred out and uh, maybe it was just maybe once you've written the word space hop you don't need a picture of it as well and the uh, but the the roller skates when I saw um, the artwork I was really pleased with them because mm. again it's quite an iconic sort of image not that I had a pair of roller skates like that in the 70s I had the kind of roller skates that are mentioned in the book, the ones where you, with the metal wheels, where you yeah. strap them over your shoes. <laughs> and, uh, yes. Yeah, you remember those? Yes, very, very difficult well. to look cool, but I <laughs> thought I did. <laughs> no, I think it's it's great because it's a it's a memorable name, a memorable cover, and it and it delivers as a, a memorable book as well. And Thank it, you. It's, it's one that's going to stick in people's minds. How long did it take to write? Well, I've looked back in my diary. I knew it was about four or five months, and I think that is sort of exactly what it what it was. But it's uh, it's quite interesting to me because when I wrote Space Hopper, I was um, 
as I am now, a single mum, but I was working part-time and my mum had a stroke around that time as well. So I've got a little diary where I've drawn a timetable and I found it the other day and it sort of says, you know, drop kids at school, go to work, do this, go to mum's. And then there's these little tiny bits where it says, right, right, right. Mm -hmm. And I think I was only doing it in little slots, but I was getting it done. And as I said, when I kind of realised where I wanted the end to go, I was writing more and more. Now, um, when my children are with their dad, of course, I get more time to write. So that yeah. gave me a little bit more space. But now that I write and that's my job, I have finished a novel and that took me about three months. So it only took me um, a month less. And I can't quite work out how, how I managed that. But I, I guess it's a bit like a, I don't know, that's just obviously how long it takes for them to come out. <laughs> that's interesting though but so when it was just a little amount of time in, in the timetable you had with all that was going on oh. was it a, a real escape a, a, you know a, a, almost an imaginary world you could just get away from reality and... oh that's a, a really good question but I don't think it felt like that at the time I think again looking back knowing that I would have been sitting in this little office mm. um, writing it I suppose it was an escape but when I was driving, doing school run, uh, whenever I was on my own and, and left to think, the characters would do stuff in my head. So I knew what they were going to do next. So um, it was more of a relief to sit down and write that next bit than it was um, an escape. It was just, it needed, it, it just allows it to progress. So um, no, in a funny sort of way, I didn't enjoy it in the way, in the normal way. I enjoyed getting it done. And when it was done, I was so happy to have it finished. Um, you do sort of miss it afterwards, mm -hmm. but only with rose-tinted glasses because yes. I, I worry when I'm writing that I'll get hit by a bus and not get to the end of the novel and that someone will read half of it and go, oh, I reckon this was going to happen. Oh, they gosh. don't know. They don't no. know. I do, write, I do write notes. I write, write it down just in case anything <laughs> happens. You're, you're that's awful, isn't it? Such a worrier. I always think something terrible is going to happen. My um, last will and testament and the rest of my book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is what happens in the end. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I, I suppose it consumed you then uh, as you were writing it. Mm -hmm. but in When you've written your next book, even though it took quite a short time to write, did it feel different because that was almost your job then? Yeah, it really felt different because... Mm -hmm. Whereas I was writing in little sort of slices of time before, um, in this one, I set up, I had a, I have a timetable, not a timetable. I, um, I work Monday to Friday. I have to do at least a thousand words a day. If I write, if I write a thousand, I won't beat myself up, but I, I often write a few more than that. The trouble is, of course, if you can't quite work out what's going to happen next, that having a little bit of space and time to work it out is is not a bad idea but this one the one that I've just written was very planned out um mm -hmm. from beginning to end and that really helped with being able to sit down every day with it so it does feel different mm -hmm. in terms of job and I did enjoy it I did enjoy the writing I suppose because I wasn't thinking type quick I've got to get to the supermarket and then I've got to yes. rush off I mean I still have to do those things but I've got I don't have to go you know in, into um, an office or anything Yes. So if someone says to you, if you're just talking to someone in the street and, and they say, well, I've heard about this book, Spade Hopper, what's it about? Mm. 
different to the sort of the blurb on the book what what do you say how do you pitch it to somebody well I always um you know if you're trying to pitch something you always want to sort of say the hook quickly which is about you know traveling back in time but that's not that's not where the book sort of starts in in my mind the book is about a woman in her mid to late 30s with two young children and a lovely husband and a, a great job and good friends so she's got a life that she's really happy with except for the fact that she's got this um, quandary because her husband is going into the clergy and she's not sure how she feels about God. So there's the issue of faith. So, um, and she carries around this, this loss, this grief with her, the loss of her mum when she was young. But in, in the same way that, you know, my friends who've lost their parents when they were younger, they don't, you don't meet them and think, oh, they're really unhappy people. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, that you live with your unhappiness and it sort of evolves over time and so she is a happy person but she quietly carries this grief and sometimes it's worse than others mm. and then she gets this opportunity because all she has of her she doesn't really have anything of her mum she has a photograph but her mother's not even in it her mother took the photograph mm. of her sitting underneath the Christmas tree in an empty space hopper box and then she finds this space hopper box or she 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 finds herself in a situation where she's up in the attic she gets into the space hopper box which seems like an odd thing to do but she's broken a bulb and there's glass everywhere and she sort of ste- she's got bare feet so she steps into the space hopper box and then she um travels back in time lands under the christmas tree in 1977 as a as an adult very hurt it's not an easy journey it's not just opening a wardrobe door and stepping through she mm. hurts herself and her mother and her seven, six or seven-year-old self are upstairs sleeping. And so I guess in terms of a quick pitch, I might have lost people by then. But that's <laughs> what the book feels like yeah. to me. Yes, it's so, very hard to put in a few words what, what this book is. I think so. Um, yeah, different and entrancing and readable. It is it's uh and it's one I think that book clubs will enjoy reading because it's something that they can all discuss together and everyone bring different thoughts and and emotions and histories to it so I think it'll be a good book club choice as well I hope so because I I do happen to feel that there's a mother and daughter um is mother and daughter is central to the the book and everyone has a mother it doesn't matter whether you've never known her or whether you know her and love her or don't have a good relationship with her. It's kind of, it kind of spans all the mother-daughter relationships, good and bad, present mm. and not present. Um, so I hope that that does strike a chord with, um, with everybody. So this is your debut book. I have to ask, how did you get an agent? Was this a very easy process? No. Did you just walk in and find an agent? <laughs> I don't know if anybody's answered yes to that question because um, like anybody who's writing, you sort of Google everything. How do I get an agent? Was it ever easy? And oh my God, it's such a cliche, the the getting the agent thing. It was like everybody else. I, um, I wrote Space Hopper and at the time I was really struggling for money, but I sent it off to an editor and um, she sort of assessed it for me and gave me some feedback and I tweaked it a bit on her feedback and then I submitted to agents between October and December uh, 2018 
and I was, I was a long time ago, and I just got rejection after rejection. And the thing is, I knew how hard it was to get an agent because I'd read about how hard, and I, I believed how hard it was. But I mm. had such faith in this book. I just, mm. I really believed in my story. Um, when I got the first rejection, I was just gutted. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, I think I had seventeen rejections. And in December 2018, I just thought I can't take this anymore. Nobody wants it. And so I, I put it in a drawer. Um, and I just cried myself to sleep every night for a few nights. And I thought, I, I have been happy before. I will get over this. But then something quite weird happened. So uh, my ex-husband's fiance. <laughs> right. In, the, in October 2018, when I first started sending out, she got in touch with me and said, I hear you're writing a book or you've written a book. Do you mind if I read it? I didn't realise at the time, but I do know now. She is a, a, a really big reader. She sort of reads everything. Mm. And um, I was really reluctant uh, to, to give it to her. But and she said, I, I promise I won't show anyone. I won't tell anyone. I just want to read it. So she read it and she gave me some lovely feedback. And then fast forward to the, um, December and I've given it up. And I have started to get on with my life, but I did not want to write again. So I've been sort of, I was crushed. Mm. And then in February 2019, I had a message from her, this is uh, Sarah, and she just sent me a message saying, I just read a book that reminded me a little bit of your book. It said it's not the same, but there is a mother-daughter at the centre of uh, the story and a, and a really strong 1970s vibe. It just made me think of you. Um, uh, that book's called The Queen of Bloody Everything by Jill Yes, Anderson. love it. Lovely book. Yeah, Another book. orange book. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Colour theme. And so the next day I happened to be in Waterstones with my kids and I saw this book and I quite sort of casually picked it up and I flipped to the back thinking, I wonder if the agent is mentioned in here. Ah. And she was, Judith Murray, Green and Heaton. And I thought, I'll just send it to one more agent. And I, I researched her and I thought, oh, my God, she's like a super agent. Um, it's never going to happen, but I'm going to send it to her anyway. And a few days later, I was sitting in the cinema with my kids and um, our friends and their kids. And I had a I, my phone was on silent, but I saw a, an email come through saying Judith is really enjoying the first couple of chapters. Could you please send the rest of the manuscript? And I was like, yes, wow. in the cinema. <gasps> Didn't want to watch the film, just wanted to rush no. home and send it off. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, sent it off and um, still kind of expect, I don't know, I wasn't, I was just so excited. But a few days later, I had this email from her saying, can we chat? I love your novel. And uh, I didn't know what to do. I, I just mm. sort of sat there because I actually, I realised I was used to the rejection by then. Didn't know what to do with, oh, with the opposite. So within a month, uh, Judith and I were, um, we'd met in London, had a conversation. She was my agent. She gave me some notes. I made some changes and she submitted to publishers. And that all happened um, in Easter 2019. So in April um, 2019, there was a there was an auction, a bidding auction. And um, I went with Simon and Schuster. Schuster. I, I always said Schuster, but it's Schuster. Apparently. Yes, get it right. Yes. Sorry. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah, it has been a roller coaster scares me how you know that little twist of fate of her reading it mm -hmm. and then messaging me and then frightens me that I might have put it away or not sent it on so I do urge anyone just to keep if you do believe in your book yeah going find the right agent 
I was going to say it's it's perseverance oh, and God, it's horrible. yes the the knocks hurt but they don't they don't stop you completely they set you back but they yeah. don't stop you yeah. um, and it takes some guts to do that but, but you it must stop some people it must have stopped mm. some people and it, it's scary to think that there are books out there that could be on the shelves that people might enjoy but it's so hard to to get in there and it is it can be soul destroying but um talking to, to other people who are trying to write I found really helps because they really you know they're so writers are such lovely people you know mm. they're so supportive of each other mm. but it's tough so what would you say has been the biggest surprise to you about the the publishing world and all that happens how long it takes everything <laughs> takes so long so I'm a really impatient person really impatient I'm the most impatient person I know and it's a cruel thing to want to be a writer when you're impatient because it, I mean even writing a book takes a long long time um once you've done it and and got an agent and got a publisher so I, I told you it was a long, long time ago so I, I I don't know if I wrote it down but it was April 2019 that I got a publishing deal mm. and my book will be published in this country on the 4th of February 2021 that's 22 months which is the gestation period of an elephant yeah. you can grow you can grow an entire elephant from scratch in the time it takes to go from publishing deal to the shelf and that's when the book's already written yes that's not even thinking about how long that's it not, took to write and exactly but wow. the, the but the, the people in publishing are just fantastic I mean I don't I sound like I'm just saying they're not just hanging around doing nothing it's just the process takes a long time and they have been absolutely brilliant I got nothing for but praise for Simon Schuster and for Judith Murray they've been they've been amazing for me so uh but it does take a long time you have to be prepared for a wait really I don't think they all take quite that long to go and, and I suppose with you know the with COVID that slowed everything down as well that must have had some some impact on it they seem to have adjusted to the you know you know to having things online really well but mm. um and nothing has changed sort of time-wise but it's things like having a launch party or going to events that's real it's just horrible because it's quite a reclusive life being a, being a writer and you the thought of going to a party where there's other people that don't glaze over when you talk about writing a novel is just so oh, appealing. But yeah, lots of things like that were cancelled. But, but like, hopefully but soon there will be. Oh, hopefully soon. Yes, yeah. this, I'm, I'm, this I'm year. Confident. This year. And yeah, I mean, I, I feel, yeah, things will, things will get better. So in terms of timing, I don't think COVID has slowed, not yet, it hasn't slowed anything that's really happening with my novel. It's just been done differently. Well, uh, and the book is different, different in a great, fantastic, marvellous way. So, Thank Helen, you. I just wish you all the best with your um, publication of Space Hopper this week. It's uh, it's you. extraordinary. I can't wait to hear all the reviews and responses it's going to get. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Oh, it's been a pleasure. It's lovely to speak to you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, that was really good, wasn't it? Space Hopper. Yeah, such a different book. Um, and on to another one I think I need to tell you about. So this is called uh, The Appeal by Janice Hallett. And I'd heard quite a few people talking about it and thought, oh, that sounds interesting. I like something legally based. I think I'd like the sound of that. Um, and I got it to review from NetGalley. So thanks, NetGalley, for, for providing that. It 
it was completely different to what I was thinking it would be. And in some ways, at some points, it kind of lost it for me. But having said that, I really enjoyed it because it was so different. It, it was like a sorbet between different books and, and, and different genres. It, it, it was great. Um, it, it's a sort of a crime, but presented in a different way. I'll read you the blurb, but then I'll tell you my version of the blurb, if, if that makes sense. So in a town full of secrets, someone was murdered. Someone went to prison and everyone's a suspect. Can you uncover the truth? Dear reader, enclosed are all the documents you need to solve a case. It starts with the arrival of two mysterious newcomers to the small town of Lockwood and ends with a tragic death. Someone has already been convicted of this brutal murder and is currently in prison, but we suspect they are innocent. What's more, we believe far darker secrets have yet to be revealed. Throughout the fairway player staging of All My Sons and the charity appeal for little Poppy Reswick's life-saving medical treatment, the murderer hid in plain sight. Yet we believe they gave themselves away in writing. The evidence is all here between the lines waiting to be discovered. Will you accept the challenge? Can you uncover the truth? So... This is a strange one because the majority of it, certainly the first two thirds, three quarters, are exchanges primarily of emails um, between the different characters in the book. And whereas other books I've read have uh, text and then some interspersed with maybe text messages or emails that adds to it, this is completely it. And I really enjoyed it because... It allowed me to get to know some of the characters very well. Their their personalities came across. Um, and there was one, there's one person's emails. So I thought, oh, my goodness, I send emails like that. And it made me realise that I need to change some of the email communication. I do. Um, so so there was that. But then also some characters, you don't see any emails from them. You see emails that have been sent to them by other characters, but no emails from them at all. So there are some characters that don't have their own voice. You just have your presumptions that you get from the other characters talking about them. Now, I'm an Amdram fan, of course. So I love the amateur dramatic element to it. Um, I just thought it was really interesting where it, it dimmed for me was about two thirds of the way through it changed very much and went from this exchange of emails into more of a legal analysis of what happened and it really it was that handbrake that, that moment that sometimes happens in books and it didn't quite work for me but that didn't stop me enjoying it and thinking that this author really can provide something different something fresh which is always great um so, yes, I really enjoyed it. And, and if you're just finding yourself a bit stale with some of the other books, have a go, have a read, particularly if you're into amateur dramatics and something different. It's an easy read, but it's a different read. Um, it's not heavy going. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm really glad I enjoyed it. I'm really glad I enjoyed it. What on earth am I talking about? I'm really glad I read it is what I was trying to say. Um trouble is you see I'm recording this and uh, the family are in the house and I'm painfully aware that I have a child downstairs directly underneath me 
who is shouting at his Xbox. And so I'm trying to listen out for if it gets too noisy <laughs> to turn this down. I'm just going to keep going. If you hear, hear um, see, I can't even speak now. If you hear any background shouting or screaming, I am not murdering anyone. There is nobody being murdered in the house. There is just something occurring on an Xbox that's very exciting for a child. And there we go. Let's leave it at that. Let's get on to some more books because we've got four more books to go through. So The Wife Who Knew Too Much by Michelle Campbell. Um, I, I read Michelle Campbell's last book, A Stranger on the Beach, which I thought was good, um, but I didn't think it was amazing it was still a really good read but it wasn't amazing i thought this book was amazing i really enjoyed it um it's written well so you can just get into it and it's just quite compelling i thought um the blurb is this meet the first mrs ford beautiful accomplished wealthy beyond imagination married to a much younger man and now dead meet the second mrs ford Waitress, small town girl, married to a man she never forgot from an affair 10 years before. And now she's wealthy beyond imagination. But who is Connor Ford? Two wives loved him and knew him as only wives can. Who is the victim? Who is the villain? And who will be next to die? It's a it's a simple book, but it's really well written. And it's one, as I say, that I think... You can just immerse yourselves in. Um, it starts off and you're presented with the original Mrs. Ford and her being worried about what's going to happen to her. Um, and within a couple of pages, it's not giving anything away. Obviously, the, the, the blurb said it as well. She's dead. So you're thrown into it straight away. And I did like that. There wasn't the sort of hard work build up that, that some books have. And from that point on, you're just thinking what happened? Who did it? You're presented with characters and you're trying to work out who's guilty, who's not, what their history is. Really good. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And it made me think, actually, maybe but Stranger on the Beach. I listened to some of it on audiobook, and I just wonder if the narration of that didn't work for me and it and that turned me off the book. Um, I'm glad I read this one. And yeah, as I say, really enjoyed it. The Wife Who Knew Too Much by Michelle Campbell. That was a very good book. Speaking of more good books, you see, <laughs> there's a theme happening here, isn't there? Um, this one's called Without a Trace by Mary Hannah. And it's set, um, a, an aeroplane goes missing. And it's a mainstream aeroplane flying uh, from London to New York. It goes missing. And there's a, a, a British policewoman, DCI Kate Daniels, um, and her partner, her love, was on that plane. Um, so she wants to get involved. She wants to work out what's happened at whatever risk it is to her and her job um, to find out what happened. So I'll, I'll read you the blurb, but it sort of summarises what I said. Um, a plane en route from London to New York City has disappeared out of the sky. This breaking news dominates every waking hour of the Met Police and US Homeland Security. The love of DCI Kate Daniels' life was on that aircraft, but she has been ordered to walk away. Kate has to find out what happened to that plane, even if it means going off book. But with Kate working alone, no one is safe and there are some very dangerous people watching her. I thoroughly enjoyed this book. Um, it's clearly part of a series that I haven't read. That didn't bother me at all. Um, it was a good introduction to Kate Daniels. I liked the character. I liked this very different set of circumstances of a plane 
going missing. Um, and I enjoyed it and certainly will be following them from, from now on. It's got all the components that you would want. Well, and more because it's not just a crime, it's a thriller book for me. So, uh, again, I just I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the police characters. I enjoyed um, the goodies, the baddies, the, the everything. Oh, I'm coming up with really detailed observations today, aren't I? I'm just sensing the noise from downstairs and it's causing me to race ahead. Um, but anyway, that means this podcast will be over soon. So that that's all good news for you. Um, so, yeah, I... I did enjoy it. Clearly, Marihanna is an accomplished writer and this is a great book to get started um, reading. Um, really enjoyed it without a trace. Possibly not one to read if you're about to get on an aeroplane. But who is at the moment, shall we say? And actually, it's not it's not that much about aeroplanes, so don't worry about it. So the next book is Overheard Dead Body by A.B. Morgan. Now, this is an interesting one. This is this is so different. Um, basically, this book is about a character, um, Gabby Dixon, who's a, a clinical psychologist, and she discovers that somebody has registered her death. Uh, now, in England, when that somebody does that, they can very simply have all the details of the death. Well, not all the details, you know, um, the the notification of death can go through to lots of different organisations at the push of a button. So you go to register the death and they can send those details on. So by registering a death, um, it can have implications across the board in all different areas of your life. Um, and unfortunately for Gabby, this is exactly what happened. So the blurb is this. Having come to terms with a painful divorce, career-driven clinical psychologist Gabby Dixon is starting a new chapter in her life. But just as Gabby's new life begins, it ends. Although still very much alive, someone has registered her death. And as a woman who likes to be in control, the situation is deeply unsettling. Gabby has to know who would want her dead and why. Enter Perry and Connie Quirk, husband and wife, private investigators. Gabby needs their help to uncover who is behind her death and find out what possible motive they could have to see her life grind to a halt. The truth, as they all find out, is far more sinister than a case of stolen identity. Um, I really enjoyed this book. It's extremely well written. It really is. Um, it's a mixture of funny, quirky, challenging, worrying. It's got all the elements. And I, I just can't believe that I've never read this before, this concept of being registered dead and having it affect all areas of your life from, you know, trying to access your bank accounts and have money paid in and out. And um, all well, I don't want to give too much away, but it, it does affect so much. And I just thought it was brilliant, refreshing. Uh, and this author is brilliant really good i thought i thought it's an exceptional book one again that a lot of people will enjoy if you're a crime fan and you're looking for something a bit different even if you're not looking for something a bit different i'd still read this you you, you need to read something a bit different i just thought it's really really good um good pace good concept um good structure just yeah good everything over her dead body by ab morgan and i just thought that was great bravo i thought for writing that book so there we are 
Now, the last book. We're nearly at the book book's own opening for those of you that are excited about that. I'm certainly excited about that. So the book is called Last One at the Party by Bethany Clift. This book has had so much attention um, and it's just about to come out. And um, it's very, very good. But there's a but to it. And that's not a but about the book. It was about me. So um, let me read you the blurb, first of all. I think that's the, the best thing that I can do to, to start off. Prepare yourselves. It's November 2023. The human race has been wiped out by the 6DM virus. Six days maximum. The longest you've got before your body destroys itself. The end of the world as we know it. Yet someone is still alive, alone in a new world of burning cities, rotting corpses and ravenous rats. One woman has survived. A woman who has spent her whole life compromising what she wants and hiding how she feels to meet other people's expectations. From her career to her relationships, to what she wears and where she lives, she's made a lifetime of decisions to fit what other people want her to be. But with no one else left, who will she become now that she's completely alone? Um, so, yeah, it, it uh, came out on the 4th of February um, and it's ah, it's a good book. It's a great book because it's it's interesting. It makes reference to COVID. But this virus, the 60M virus, is completely different. Um, but I started it one day and I had to I couldn't go to sleep until I had finished the book. First of all, because I wanted to find out what happened. I really cared about the character, but also I did find it slightly unsettling within me. And I am a worrier. And it's fair to say that the pandemic has not been the best time for me. And this book just made me think, oh gosh, I've now got something else to add to my worry list. So, you know, in 2023, I'm a bit concerned about what might happen. So there was that. And if you're someone who's very quick to be anxious and if, uh, I don't know, books just unsettle you, then this may not be the time to read it. And yet, and yet what it did do very successfully reflecting is that it made me see that COVID is, is, is just a temporary matter. Um, and that it's not going to be lifetime affecting. So I don't know. I, it's a brilliant book. I'd give it a very high mark. You know, it's extraordinary. It's well written. It makes you think. Um, I like books that are slightly set in the future. And I like the sort of the journey of the character and the ups and downs that she experiences. Um, someone said to me, um, once you've read the book, you will love it, but you will want to go and hug your family. And I think that's absolutely right. Um, it, it's a troubling book for me, but that's because I think I just take these things far too seriously. But it's a good book. And it's not it's not like some of the books we've seen, um, certainly last year that came out when when lockdown first started, um, like the book Lockdown by Peter May. That was just too close to the bone for me to be able to read. I tried and I couldn't. Um, this one I could. I could read it and I could finish it. But I just I just wanted to get it finished so then I could read something that wouldn't unsettle me as much. But I think that's because a book really resonates with you and, and 
and, and mean something. So I can understand why it's going to be so popular. Um, it's already, you know, there's talk of TV, films, all sorts of things. There's going to be a lot of media attention on, on this book. Um, and, and why not? It's different and thought provoking. And it's made me talk about it a lot. So that just shows you. So I'm not saying it's a bad book at all. Not at all. It's a great book. It's just I'm a wuss. Um, so just have a word with yourself and a sort of um, a mental health check before you read the book and just see how you are doing. But I, yeah, really good. If what I've told you about the book makes you think, oh, I'd really like to read that, then you must because it's great. It's a good book. Um, so there we go. We've covered a lot, a lot, a lot of books. We've covered Space Hopper by Helen Fisher, The Appeal by Janice Hallett, um, The Wife Who Knew Too Much, Michelle Campbell, Without Trace, Mary Hannah, Over Her Dead Body, A.B. Morgan, Last One at the Party, Bethany Clift. So without further ado, we better start opening a book box. So this is very exciting. I've got another book box club uh, subscription box to open. I'm not going to go into all the details of what a book box is because I know I've done that many times. Now this is the December one and I've held off on wrapping it for a while because I didn't want to spoil the surprise of anybody else who's got a box. I know quite a few of you have ordered these uh, sort of boxes. It's February now. If you haven't already opened your December box by now, then my goodness, wake up and, and open your book box immediately and then listen to this. So we're going in. It's the one, as I say, for December. So this could be very exciting indeed. Let, let's, let's go for it. So the theme is Miracles at Midnight. Sounds quite Christmas. Not super Christmas. I was expecting, you know, Father Christmas at midnight, but never mind. Miracles at midnight. Maybe the miracle uh, is that something. Well, yeah. Anyway, let's not <laughs> let's not even go into that. So the first thing that I have is the invitation um, to go to the clubhouse, which is where you get to meet the author. Um, I'm not going to open that because that will give any any of the details away. So I'm going to open this. Now, this is interesting because we've got a book all wrapped up in this lovely silver ribbon. Oh, the box is falling on me now. And we've got this nameplate that's been signed by the author, Robert Dinsdale. Now, that rings a bell. Which book is this? Let's unwrap the paper. I'm sorry for all these sound effects, but, you know, it, it's the full thing here. Let's see. It's a hardback. OK, from the best-selling author of The Toymakers, Paris by Starlight, Robert Dinsdale. I must keep his autograph, his signature in the front there. Settle down, pull your covers tight, look to the window and out into night. Darkness has fallen, the fowler are abroad, but out there lies a world that will soon be restored. So let me tell you the tales of when we were born, between sunset and morning, between nightfall and dawn. Let me speak of the star that once shone in the sky, of the kingdoms of moonlight, the flowers by night. Let us travel together through time's lonely mist to that long ago age where enchantment exists. Well, I'm in. That's got me. Thank you very much. It's a lovely hardback book. Um, on the front, it's all sort of a very dark night time with stars glittering away. There's an open book and there's the Eiffel Tower in it. Um, oh, well, it just looks lovely. How long is that book? Ooh, 460 pages. So that's uh, quite, a, quite a read there. So that looks really good. Oh, hang on a minute. Sorry, I went very close to the microphone then because I was so excited. There's a second book in this box. I forgot it's a two book box. This is a, an uncorrected Macmillan proof copy. 
Guard Your Heart by Sue Divin. Um, boy meets girl on the northern Irish border. But what if peace is harder than war? Mm, worlds collide in this deftly written novel on first love that defies the odds in contemporary Derry. Perfect for fans of normal people. Hello. Um, and this is coming out in April, 8th of April, age 12 plus. Well, that looks very good. And it's this gorgeous sort of a very light green like a lime green cover which is excellent because uh, you probably know that my bookshelves are organized by rainbow colors and green is quite hard to come by in the old book world but oh, hang on hang on. no look at this look at this oh i wish i'd opened this earlier but i've got a christmas tree decoration i've got the most beautiful christmas tree decoration um, it's absolutely gorgeous. So you've got the, the yellow of the moon and then you've got someone holding a ticket and a tent, which is just absolutely lovely. Um, and of course, it's got to be the night circus, hasn't it? I'm sure a lot of you have read the night circus. There's been some discussion about this book already um, on the Facebook group. So it's a night circus Christmas tree decoration. Yes, thank you very much. Oh, and now a pair of socks. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love my socks. So that everybody loves socks, I'd thought, because particularly in winter, you wouldn't want to be walking around bare feet. Anyway, I do love socks. I love particularly patterned socks. And these are gorgeous. They're, they feel so nice and soft. They're navy blue and they've got a cream heel and toe. And then they've got books that are flying around on them. Some are open, some are closed. And it says reading past my bedtime. Those are lovely. They're quite big. Uh, it's lucky I don't have dainty feet, I think we could say. But no, those are very nice. Liking those. <sighs> now we have a pin badge. We have a pin badge. Oh, that's very nice. So it's an enamel pin badge. And it's, again, navy blue, but with this gold star on, which I imagine links to the main book, Paris by Starlight. Uh, let's have a look. Yes. Miracles at Midnight Pin. Wear this pin with pride. Thanks for being a total star and supporting a small business. That's us through the dark days of 2020. We're so happy to be going into next year with a gang of amazing members and plenty more bookish boxes up our sleeves. Well, it's fair to say I have used lots of different book subscription um, boxes and schemes, but the books box box club I can't even say it the book box club is the one that I have used the most consistently um, because I do love all the surprises and they're usually books that I haven't read um, before so that's lovely so we've got a got two books Christmas tree decoration lovely pin badge lovely socks um, and there's one more thing I think here so let's have a look oh I see so what they've done is that they have included one book out of eight potential reads for 2021. And they, some of those look really good. Um, oh, I'm looking at those. One's called, uh, well, I don't know what it's called, but on the cover it says 30 days until the end of the world. What would you do? Hmm, I'm going to have to have a look at that. Some great books. Oh, I see. And the last item is a calendar. Book Box Club 2021. Unashamedly bookish calendar. Um, so... Oh, it's just lovely. It's it's pictures, books, it's um, different things. Well, January, it says reading rules. February, lovely pictures, some books and a mug. Do like that. Um, well, I shouldn't read it all because you may get hold of a copy, but there's, there's just lovely ones. That's a very nice one. It's quite a small calendar. So if you just want to write a little bit in for each day or if you have the handwriting, I don't know, the size of an ant, then it would be very useful for you to fill in an extensive diary. But otherwise, it's just nice to hang up 
and, uh, and and know what what's happening in the month. And actually, I'd find that quite helpful because obviously I know what I'm doing and I, I know what's happening day by day, week by week. But just to have a brief view of the month, you know, sort of where you are and, and what's going on, that would be very good indeed. So love that. Love that box. Thank you very much, Bookbox Club. Um, I'm not sponsored, I should say for this i don't get any financial reward just just the joy of opening it and having a lovely time so there we go two books uh, christmas tree deck pin badge socks calendar happy days gosh you've survived the whole podcast episode you get an award sorry for waffling on so much but what a great selection of books we've covered um so i can't wait to talk to you again next week as you'd expect me to say i've got a brilliant author interview some fantastic books to cover and i'm sure something else will have gone wrong in my life this week to tell you about so just look after yourselves and i'll see you very soon take care now bye bye you've been listening to the quick book reviews podcast That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.